We've got some hey, fresh I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. I'm Luis. Spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers of the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn more on how to turn that content into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. I don't know why Fonz is laughing like crazy today. Oh, that it's was, okay. that was okay. so good. That was very smooth. <laughs> and today, talk about talking about smoothness. We got one of the smoothest people out here he is so cool and what we're gonna that? be talking what? about oh, okay everything guess, you need to know about customer journeys yeah that's it yeah, yeah. i mean i'm much more I'm much more for sure a lot i mean a lot more last conversation went to places that we never really imagined uh, uh, it was so awesome for us personally and for many other people but fancy do we have a sponsor today indeed we do and thank you for asking you're, good sir you're welcome good sir today's sponsor is your one and only the best bros with content momentum and if you produce long form piece of content like this one that you're listening to or watching and you want to distill the important parts of it right turn it into value packed bite-sized assets and then share it with the world so you can make a bigger contribution let's again we're not here to make noise we're here to make contributions that's right guys that's right then we want to help you out please slide on the dms at biz bros go on facebook and Instagram. Right. With that, guys, don't forget to subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button so you know when those episodes are dropping on your phone every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays. That is right. And then, mm. or one ask for the episode, if you find mm. this impactful, which I am sure you will because today's guest is ooh, absolutely ooh. amazing. Fire, Please fire. don't forget to share with someone that you think this episode can help them. That's right. And... Don't forget to leave a five-star review as well. Thank you. Yeah, a little bonus part right here. We are keeping it short and sweet today. Today's guest is coming back for the second time, and he is bringing the heat. His story and passion conquered the hearts of many, including us. Last time, we went deep into the lessons learned from his past. But today, we're going to dig even deeper into what he practices and preaches. No, preaches and teaches. You got it. You there got it. Go. Today's guest might be the friendliest person on earth. But besides that, he's a best-selling author, successful entrepreneur, email marketing whiz, and host of the Mind of George podcast. Please welcome back mm. creator of the Lighthouse Method and Eternal Flame mm. Founder of the Pink Hoodie Gang and the Marketing Robin Hood, Mr. George Bryant. Let's go. Jasmine. <laughs> we should have, we should work or, or pink hoodies today. I, I know. I, I was driving there. here. So, George, my closet is all crazy, kind of crazy right now because we just moved to a new place. You know, we just share that with you. So, I cannot find yeah. my clothes. I, I mean, I think it's we, part of it. We, we got to come clear here, George. We we need to buy pink, pink yeah, hoodies. That's all. <laughs> One of the, one of these days I'll brand my own because I'm still buying other people's, but I think I might be moving into the. It's time to produce some pink hoodie territory. Uh, we hey, we, we need to make do. it happen, and yeah. that, that, that's why we have this amazing background right here. Uh, in honor of your caller, dude, George, it's it's a pleasure and an honor having you back on the show. I told you before the show started, I listened to your episodes probably like five times. Every time. I listened to that episode, something new comes to me and speaks to me. And and today was the thing that I really needed to hear. So I thank you for that. I encourage everybody, go back and listen to that episode. It's 103, I believe. Episode 103. 103. So thank you, man. Just want to say that live so, everybody, so it's on record. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for thanking me. <laughs> Absolutely. George, so you were telling us behind the cameras that you are in the middle of a moving adventure. 
right? And there has been a series of events, series of lessons that have been happening in the last couple of days. And, you know, you made emphasis that you wanted to share one of these lessons. And I'm, I'm curious on what it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. So to give everybody context, uh, I'm in a kitchen of a house of a woman I've never met who I texted 10 hours ago saying, I have video calls tomorrow. Uh, nice to meet you. Can I use your house and your Wi-Fi? She gave me the door code, gave me the Wi-Fi, and I'm in. But there's a lot of lessons there. We've been road tripping the family for eight days from California to Montana. We are now official Montana residents. We went to yes. a rodeo on the first night. So I'm like literally already a local and I feel really good about it. Where's the hat? Um, I we, we need the hat. I was the, only, I was the <laughs> only guy in pink shoes and a pink hoodie at the rodeo though. I will tell you that the, I stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. <laughs> sore thumb. <laughs> And, um, and so, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is like, I had all these calls scheduled today, all these video calls, and I was planning on the Wi-Fi working everything else. And yesterday I was hit with, oh, that Wi-Fi is not going to work. There's no location. There's no available office space. And of course, like the default is to go to panic, but this is what entrepreneurs do. We live in the world of ambiguity. Mm -hmm. Our world is to go into uncertainty and create certainty. And there's this question I've been asked over and over and over and over and over again from my mastermind students, my private consults, everything. And it's really interesting because the question is always, where do I go to get that? Where do I go to find that? How can I go get that? Like, and so the analogy that I use, it's like everybody sees the rainbow, right? And they're like, what's the path to get to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? And I remind them to take a moment to look down because they're already standing at the starting line with a pot of gold because there's pots mm. of gold on both ends of the rainbow. Wow. And as an entrepreneur, what I've found is that unless we take the time to really lean in and leverage what we already have, we can't get anymore. But the default tends to always be, where can I go out? 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 Instead of where can I go in and leverage mm. what I already have? Everybody's one phone call away, one touch point away, one email away, and that's the easiest way to create a solution. And so I literally moved to this town two days ago. Two days ago, I have four meetings set up with two restaurant owners, a real estate investor that owns 40 buildings, and the co-working space owner within the first two days of being here because I went to breakfast, I saw the owner, I introduced myself, I said, hey, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is why I'm in town, got his number. Went to the bed and breakfast, got coffee, had a conversation. He moved his family here, got his number. Yesterday, I sent a video message to all of them like, hey, guys, I've met you all in town. I'm so excited to be here. I'm going to leverage this ask really quickly. I don't have a place to go. And I would love to be able to get a video done. And they're like, boom, 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 boom. An hour later, they had a solution to me, an office, wow. a house, a kitchen I'm in, tomorrow, a conference room. All because I leveraged what was right in front of me instead of being like, where can I find it? Where can I go? And so in our businesses, I watch this happen all the time. It's like, where do I get the answer? And I'm like, have you asked your team? Have you held a meeting and gotten out of your own damn way and let your team tell you the solution because they know it and you probably don't? Yeah. Have you asked your customers? Have you called your friend? Have you asked your wife? Like I literally look at entrepreneurs and if you're an entrepreneur, It doesn't matter if you've been in business for a day, a week, a month, or a year. Just to start as an entrepreneur, you have leveraged relationships mm. and you've gotten support. And all of those relationships around you have the answers to everything that you need, but you have to be willing to ask. And so I literally was like, hey guys, 
vulnerable, authentic. Like, this is what I do. I'd love to help you. I want to be a part of this community. Like, I want to have an impact here. I need some help. And literally they were like, yes, 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 yes. And this morning my phone rang and he's like, Hey, I have a conference room. You can rent my conference room. You can use it every day for the next month. By the way, my ad is the commercial real estate. I had him pull five to 10 offices for you to look at that meet your requirements. He's going to shoot you an email tomorrow. And um, the only real estate attorney in town is a friend of mine. He knows you guys are here. He knows you're coming. And then the restaurant guys like, and by the way, I know you got a place, but if you ever need my restaurant, you can use it anytime after 3 p.m. every single day. And all of it was leveraged right in front of me. And there wasn't like tit for tat. It wasn't trade, transaction. It's authentic. It's just authentic relationships. And so one of the things that I've been really, really reminding myself of, um, I left my comfort zone. Like, I, you know this. You watched the video. I cried. We just moved on a whim. Like, I left a home that I built a business in, multiple businesses, had a child in, like built myself and I gave it up to go live in Airbnbs for five months because there's no available real estate. And like, you want to talk about like surrender. And so I willingly threw myself into this pot of uncertainty and like, I'm going to trust the process and I'm going to leverage what's around me. And I've had almost anxiety attacks, panic attacks. And then I'm just like, breathe. Who do I know? Who do I know? And I just start looking around and I, I got to this point where we got here and within the first couple hours, like, man, I don't know anybody. And I was like, well, let's change it. And so we went to breakfast the next morning. My wife's like, here you go, chatty Kathy. Let's go. This is your superpower, right? And I'm just like, hey. And like I'm eavesdropping. And like the guy comes over and checks on our meal. And I was like, hey, man, I was eavesdropping. You were a Marine? He's like, yeah, me too. I'm like, you own this place, don't you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what got into cooking? And he's like, oh, boom, boom, boom. And he's like, you ever cooked? I'm like, I actually wrote a cookbook. It's a New York Times (laughs) bestseller. And then boom, 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 boom. And so – you know, one of the things that I think is just so important, and I'm, I'm going on about this, and I'm kind of rambling because I want it to land, is I have found that 99% of the challenges or the clarity that I need or the resources that I need are all within one touch point away from me through the leveraged relationships, people, things, processes, or anything that's in my existing space. Mm, yeah. Like very, very little is outside of that sphere And even if it is, I found leveraging the people that are closest to me to get me into the sphere gets me further into it anyways, because I have a warm introduction. And so, you know, my, 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 my ripcord for everybody would be to like, Hey, when you're, when you're thinking about these things that you want to do, these courses you want to do, this emails that you want to write, this problem that you want to solve, instead of looking out, look in and ask yourself, like, do I have this? If I created space for myself, like if I disconnected from my phone and computer for two days with a notebook on the couch, could I find a solution? You're like, maybe not. You're like, could my team, could my friends, could my community, and really lean in and leverage everything that you've built or else it's just stagnating and being wasted and you're the one who've built it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so many questions are in my head right now. And I'm sure Fonzie too, because I saw him like typing. And you know, it's where what, like 10 minutes in, and my iPad is like, uh, have smoke coming out of it, just like last time uh, of the notes that we're talking. But, but I, I love it. And I want to, I want to make two comments to complement that story. One was, uh, I saw yesterday a clip with, uh, 
Joe Rogan and Kevin Hart, and they were talking about when Kevin Hart met Jeff Bezos at this party, right? And he was sitting in this table with his friend, his wife, and he's like, man, I, Jeff is right there. Like, I don't know him. This is maybe the only time I can get to go and talk to him and make an impression and ask him, right? Like, leverage that relationship, asking about something, about what he does, how he does it, right? And his friend was saying, hey, no, just be cool. Just be cool. Like, why would you do that? Like, just be cool. And it's like, be cool for, for what? This is the only time I'm actually going to get to see him. I don't know, right? So it's like, he grabbed his wife and he goes to a table and you know the way that he shares it is so much more funny right but he goes there and he's like hey jeff nice to meet you man i'm kevin hart i admire your work right and because i admire you i would love to have a conversation when the occasion arises right i know that this might not be the time or place but after you know i'm happy to connect dude and that's it and then he turned around nice to meet you jeff was like oh this is awesome i i love what you do too and then they connected right and it's that it's like we we call that table face you know in our yeah. world uh, hashtag table face that's the I, I guess the term that we coined on our end <laughs> but but then that that described that occasion and then about asking for your inside of your team we just had two episodes especially this week where we were trying to find a solution for somebody that is working remote for us in venezuela internet over there is probably like the internet that you're getting in your airbnb and we <laughs> produce a ton of content so you know a batch for him it was taking him days where in here mm -hmm. it takes us about 10 minutes you know to to get out to the world right so we're like man how can we do this we're not experts in the machine side of things like we literally buy apple because it's easy for us to work with and that's it literally and our team is like no man buy pc and blah blah they know all the techies stuff right dude they came up with a solution for us like hey buy this computer right we're just gonna stream it he's gonna control that computer from venezuela and then he's gonna be able to use your high speed internet. and we're like is that even possible yeah like, what and they're like yeah yep. it's super simple solution it costs nothing like it's it's gonna work right and we're like oh my gosh and then with the different services that literally streamline our process and it's it's probably gonna double our output which is insane so and they brought it up to us right yeah. it's the th same totally. thing so thank you for sharing that because we lived it in the past few days and sometimes it just flies yeah, over absolutely and, well, and I, oh sorry go, go ahead so i want i want you to go um i just want to add to that i think one of the underlying principles of it is patience yes right like just because mm -hmm. you're met with the problem right now if you don't fully bake the problem you can't find a viable solution, right? And I'm I'm the king of like, let me fix it right now because I don't like mm. open loops, right? I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is, my daughter's yeah. like, hey, in two and a half years when I graduate, I want to go to Europe and travel. And my brains are like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. And she's like, no, no, I just want to tell you. And I'm like already trying to solve it, right? <laughs> yes. And yes. so, you know, patience is a big part of it. And the reason I say that is because if you're like making a recipe and you put all the ingredients in the oven, you don't fully bake it, and it comes out, you don't know if it was going to taste good or not because it really never fully baked yeah. and matured to get into it. And it's the same thing with, yeah. you know, these challenges or these solutions. And 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 I'm going to say this because this one's going to rip the bandaid off. If you think a challenge or problem that you're facing right now has to be solved today before you go out of business, well, you created a business of firefighting. And if you repeat it, you're going to keep it going. It shouldn't have ever got to this point. There were plenty of inclinations leading up to it from good, you know, content management to good yeah. team meetings to structure to, you know, foreshadowing all of it. And so when we think about any of these challenges, any of the things that come up, our job as entrepreneurs, our job as leaders is to literally make it like Alex, like you guys know Alex, Alex, yeah. like we're the only ones that are willing to go out into the future, declare something true, come back mm -hmm. into the present and build it to make it happen. 
But our job is to be able to see out there and make plans according to it. And honestly, the biggest challenge I had as an entrepreneur is I actually was afraid to think and afraid to plan because I didn't have any value unless I was doing busy work. And when you put the plan out and when you start to think about it, it means you can only focus on needle movers, which means all the distractions yeah. have to be removed because we don't have bosses being like, hey, are you watching a YouTube video? Or are you scrolling through Facebook? Right. <laughs> and so what we tend yeah. to do as entrepreneurs is we justify like, oh, we're doing research. We're listening to podcasts. We're watching videos. I'm like, no, you're creating a fire so you can fight it later. Mm. So then you have a reason to stay Ooh. in this cycle. Wow. Um I continue to say that we, every time we talk to you, it's like we need to hear exactly what you have to say. So we just have to make you a regular every week and come to the show. Let's yeah. do it. I just need better. I just need better internet or my own office and not in somebody's kitchen. It's so good. Yeah, or we we all just go to random people's kitchen and we can just do I it just all in do there. It like that. There's like an on the road show, like the kitchen tour of America. Oh, that's we can, a good one. We can take the jeeps. We can take the jeeps and yes. overland around kitchen tours set up live streams and then they'll team in venezuela will remotely operate them which by the way guys <laughs> we were doing that 20 years ago i was remote operating computers at my house in massachusetts from somalia in 2004 exactly wow. Here, there you go see i mean you know we have team members in venezuela in argentina and again like we don't know what we don't know this Absolutely. is a beautiful thing about totally. asking to the person that right that's right in front of you yeah uh, I, I, i'm gonna go ahead sorry i'm gonna a few pointers that i really yeah. love I, I relate so much to the fully baked problem because that's me as well. Every single time in my relationship, my girlfriend starts saying like, you know, like uh, this has been happening to me. And I'm like, oh, you can do this, this, this. And she's like, stop. It's over. It's so overwhelming. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, okay, I'll try to listen. But in my head, I'm like, oh, you could do all this stuff. Right. And the way you put it now is like, it, it just makes so much sense. Right. And we do need to practice patience on a daily basis. It's so key. Right. I, mm. I, I feel like patience is like the brother or sister, whatever you want to call it of focus as well. Right. Like the mm -hmm. more we, the, the more patient we are, we get to focus and then we get that compound interest over things that we do. Right. And the other thing that I love was like the very first thing you said is that we as entrepreneurs knowingly go into uncertainty to create uh, certainty, right. And, and gain mm -hmm. clarity. That's so huge because sometimes I, I feel like we're going into these places and now I'm like, Is it by accident, right? And yes, I feel like sometimes it is, but I think if I start reflecting on it, it's like, you know what? I enjoy putting my myself in those places sometimes, even if at the moment might become a little stressful. So I think people identifying that in them, it's pretty good because now they're not going to go without, you know, without knowing. They go, they go into these scenarios with, with a little bit more clarity. And that led to your comment on the rainbow and the pot of golds. And my immediate question totally. was, how do you come up with these metaphors? I'm so like, because <laughs> for everything, you have a story. Since the day we interviewed you the first time, I signed up for your email list and I've been reading your emails, right? Uh, I usually leave them for the, for the weekend and then I read them all on the weekend. And mm -hmm. you have this 
I think is genius and it's amazing because you want people that is engaged in your email list. But if people don't read your email for like three days, you send them a little reminder. Say, hey, you know, like you committed with me that you were going to check on these emails and you were going to be on this journey with me. So I'm going to have to get, you know, take you out of my email list if, if you don't show the commitment on your side. And so that was a little issue for me because I read everything on the weekend. So when I saw that, I was like, no, please don't kick me out. I was like, George, I promise. I promise I'll do good. But, you know, I, I every single email, like the information, the value that has and the metaphors that you put in there. I'm like, how does he comes up with all these metaphors? How does because one of the key ways to differentiate yourself as a marketer, business owner is to have these sort of stories and metaphors and coin names into all this, you know, like theories that you have that you're sharing with the world. So I'm extremely curious on how do you do it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a good question. And I love that you mentioned the email. And here's what's really, really funny about the emails. One of the things that I know about coaching or growth or helping entrepreneurs is I don't care or I don't think that what's in the email is your secret. I actually designed those emails so that like reading it like was like the fifth most important thing you could do. Mm. This consistent commitment gets you to commit everywhere in your life. The habitual mm -hmm. showing up every day makes you start off with an easy win every single day. Like just the just the consistency of it changes yeah. your business even if you don't read what's in it. It just so happens and what's in it can sometimes help you navigate this path. When we think about ourselves as entrepreneurs, like there's so many things to unpack and, and I'm gonna close a loop from a previous one to answer this question. You know, we talk about going out into uncertainty and you talk about it being an accident. It's not an accident. You were intentional about wanting to build something different. Yeah. What you get is not an accident. It's a culmination of your choices to go do something and build something that has never been built before which is what rewards you for being an entrepreneur. Like the amount of entrepreneurs are like, tell me how to do it. I'm like, tell me how to build your house. What? No, no. like, no, like don't call me and ask me like how to love your wife or how to love your husband or how to raise your kids. And do mm. not call me and ask me how to build your vision and your dreams that nobody yeah. else can see in your head. Like, and so there's not an accident. Like what we really look at is it's the willingness to step into the uncertainty with a little bit of clarity and the belief that we can make it true and then consistently showing up until it becomes true. Like that's not an accident. That's a badge of honor. Like that's a yeah. gold medalist performance. Yeah. Like you willing, like, can you imagine when Disney was like, Hey, I want to level the swamps and build an amusement park that nobody's ever seen before and have robots that have never been created before yeah. and use technology to drain swamps that doesn't exist yet, right? Yeah. Can you imagine what people looked at him like, right? And so when I think about all of this, I had to close that because it's like, no, like, I don't, I don't call myself an entrepreneur. Like I just like, I'm pursuing what feels good to me and I'm going to do whatever I can to make it happen. And I have no idea what it's going to look like because if I did, it would have already been done. And yeah. so I just have to fall in love with the process and have the patience that like, hey, is this action, is this thought, is this product, is this interview, is this thing moving me one step closer to realizing this vision? And if the answer is yes, I keep going. And so you don't have any damn accidents. You yeah. just keep showing up and playing the game. So let me close that mm. one right there. And then the love second it. part of it is how do I come up with metaphors? Um, I practice a lot, right? I never shut up ever. <laughs> Ever, 
right? And so I will say something and I'll try to tell you a story and it won't land. And so I'll tell you another one and then I'll tell you another one and then I'll tell you another one. And then you'll be like, I got it. I'm like, cool, I got it. And so like when we think about, when we think about like storytelling, when we think about growth, when we think about moving people or inspiring people, one story does not inspire everybody, right? Like you think about a keynote and somebody gives a keynote. If you think about an hour keynote, there's normally three takeaways. So why the hell do they need an hour? Because they need to tell different stories so different people at different stages can relate to it and remember it. And so we as human beings have been communicating forever, verbally and non-verbally. And then when we use story, story just helps us get a point across. And so for me, I'm going to tell you right now, I only consume a little amount of content and 90% of it is freestyle rap. No Mm. joke. Harry Mack is my favorite human being on the planet. <laughs> yeah. He is a freestyle off the top. He'll take words and he'll produ- he'll freestyle rap songs, like fully yeah. produced songs off the top. Wow. And all he does is practice and practice and practice yeah. and practice yeah. and practice. And so what I listen to is I listen to how people speak. I read how people write. And then I'm like, oh, that's cool. But that's not me. Like, that's not my voice. I would never say that. I would never yeah. write like that. But what I look at is I always look at the structure, right? So when we think about a headline, right? Like I don't matter what you interchange in it, right? But it's the number of things to achieve the thing, right? Like the seven tips to double your open rates. Well, okay, cool. Well, here's the three secrets to lose two pounds, Mm. right? Here's the five steps to double your business, right? The structure, the structure never changes. Yeah. Just what we put into that structure. And so I just try to pay attention to what resonates with me, like what gets my attention, yeah. what gets me to click, what gets me to respond, like what do I love? And I'm like, I don't like reading long emails. I don't like big blocks of text. They drive me nuts. My brain, I look mm. at them like I'm out. And I was like, cool, short, short, short. I'm like, yeah. God, I don't want a page. It's a page. And I'm like, oh. And then when you start to pay attention, it's just like Mad Libs, right? You just start to put your personality into the structures that have existed. Yeah. And these structures have existed forever. You go back and look at newspapers from the 1800s. They have the same headline structure that we have in 2021. Yeah. The only difference is the content. Yeah. And so that's how I do it. And 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 I'm willing to be wrong. Like, There's an email you're going to get. I ended up being like 2,500 words because I was obsessed with talking about chocolate chip pancakes. <laughs> Literally, all I talked about was chocolate chip pancakes as a business lesson. Yeah. And my editor was like, you can't send this email. I'm like, no, I already did. And it's my email. I want to talk about damn chocolate chip pancakes. Yeah. And it's yeah. funny because it's one of the most responded to emails and people like, I had no idea you love chocolate chip pancakes that much. <laughs> And I was like, I do. And they're like, but the business lesson makes sense as well. And so what I think that the analogy to give you another one, the story I would go back to is you can tell me every day that you want to run a marathon and you can sit on your couch and you can study running and study gates and then show up at the starting line. You're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. I would rather you put your running shoes on today and feel like, screw it. I'll figure it out as I go. Let's go run a hundred yards. Let's go run a half a mile. Let's go run a mile. Let's go walk two miles and put it into practice. And so when we think about communication and stories, I'd yeah. rather you just stick a quarter in yourself and keep talking and keep talking and keep talking and keep talking and keep writing and keep typing and keep producing and keep going and going yeah. and going and going. Mm. Because what you're going to be left with is the meat of who you are. And 
You look at anybody. Like you don't become a better speaker by sitting there in silence. You don't become a better writer and by like staring at somebody else's stuff, right? Like mm. you don't become a better runner by studying running. You have to run, you have to write, you have to talk, you have yeah. to communicate, you have to emote. And so that's how I I think about it. And so what I look at is like, oh, I want to share this one thing. Like I just want to share this one thing. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't listen to that if somebody said that to me. And I was like, what would I listen to? And mm. I'll be like, oh, this would get my attention. And I just start there. And so basically I write to myself. Yeah. I speak to myself and it, and it does, by the way, like just to be fully disclosed, it's the infinite game because I know how to write. And a lot of us know how to write to get people to click, right? Yeah. But I don't want people to click. I want people to grow. I want people to be attracted. I want people to make the right choice for the right reason. And so I'm willing to be authentic and aligned consistently and congruently yeah. until they hit the point where they want to come in, right? So I don't want to convince people. And so I think it's really an expression of authenticity um, just mixed with a whole lot of practice and then yeah. my secret obsession of freestyle rap. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's really it. Like, my team, they, they, they coined this at one of my events. They called me the M&M of email <laughs> marketing. And they had this one session of the event and they called it my copy wrapping section. And we were going over people's avatar sheets of like, hey, yeah. who's your consumer? What's their before state? And someone's like, yeah, but how would you write to these people? And they'd start to spit me words and I would just copy wrap. I'm like, this is what I would write in the email. Yeah. This is what I would write in the email. Mm. This is what I would write in the email. Yeah. And so really... Um, if you want to have a strategic way to do it, and, and you guys are familiar, but if you use the Zytocastin method of note-taking, right, what you really end up with is when you're taught that method, you're not taught to copy. You're taught to read, and if you want to take a note, you have to then put it in your own in your words, words. Yeah. in order for it to come in, right? And so if you go read something and it resonates with you and it fires you up and it lands for you, take it and go rewrite it for you or your audience. Go rewrite it. Yeah for your email list, go rewrite it for your social post in yep. your words and just practice and practice and practice. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about it, how many stories can you post a day? 20, 30? How many times can you post on Twitter a day? 600? How many times can you go on Clubhouse a day if you're a newly addict to Clubhouse? You can just talk <laughs> and talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah. And so, you know, like, I think that that's really what it was. Sorry, that was and uh, the way that my I, wife. <laughs> she's like, where are you? No, no, no it's fine. <laughs> I was like, and the, and the way that I learned it, and this is going to sound really silly, was when I wrote my book. And I wrote this cookbook, right? And I'll, I'll never forget, I worked tirelessly for like nine months. I was exhausted. Mm. And I'll never forget when I submitted the final like manuscript and I was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that I'm done. And then they sent me back the Word document with track changes and there were 21,000 edits. Wow. 21,000 edits. <laughs> You're like, I'm Commas, not done. <laughs> period, spacing, words, structure. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so then it took me a week to go through all of them. And we went through like six rounds of edits. And then yeah. the book was published. And we didn't even get all the typos out that were newly found until like print six. And then I was like, wow, that's what they mean by the only book that's finished is the one that you publish. Because really, it's put it out into the world and try mm. again and try again and try again and try again. Wow. You, you just gave a master. Thank you. You just gave a master yeah. class on publishing and your message. And, you know, as you're telling these stories, I'm going I'm, I'm looking back at our life, too, on how our journey started publishing. 
And from mm-hmm. from where we started the sticker company and we started for external reasons, right? We didn't like the process. We didn't love the process. Then we printed t-shirts, right? Same thing happened. We hated the process, right? And it was like, man, okay, you know, we created this for a vision, but that was part of the past, right? Back then, we didn't see it that way. But now it becomes a very powerful part of our story, which is super exciting, right? And we had this, you know, we don't, we're not wearing them right now, but we normally match with those t-shirts. And people are like, what? And, uh, and then we evolve into the publishing side and, and practicing the message. And I feel when we did, uh, we did two rounds of 45 Live earlier last year, right? And, and that was very similar to what you were saying. We're seeing or reading or looking at a piece of content that we really enjoyed. And then we will go out, instead of writing it for us was the video medium, right? And we will go out and comment and, and tell the story and then attach a lesson and, and, you know, hey, if you want to find out more, just connect with me. Let's have a conversation, right? And we did that consistently and we got amazing results, amazing value to the point that now people are like, okay, season three. So season three of 45 Live is, is coming, by the way. We, we, we're we getting people to hop on that train with us and, and stay accountable. But it's that habit that you say every single day of like put in the work put in the the practice hey do it put it out there see what happens what's the feedback how can i learn and is that con you call it like the infinite what's it called the the infinite game the infinite game right the and, infinite game yeah uh, and chris Doe was talking about that in a few posts the other day too about that's element number one play the infinite game right and then after that everything comes in so uh yeah. thank I, you you know i think one of the biggest moments for me kind of like a mental shift in learning and creating was when I read this post about understanding principles that you need to see when you start consuming certain uh, information in, in a specific topic, you need to start asking yourself, what are the principles behind this? If you want to master that, it's not about understanding the strategy or the tactics, right? Or like, uh, do I need to use an even or odd number on my headline? It is what is the principle behind this topic? Because usually there are a very limited amount of principles that if you see across the industry, they'll repeat, right? So let's put, for example, direct response marketing, right? Once I start reading copy, I start asking myself, okay, what are the principles behind this copy? Instead of why just this specific piece of copy work? Like what is the strategy that he used, right? Or look at this, like he used small lines. No, instead of that is what is maybe the emotional triggers that he's trying to pull, right? Is he, is he just being emotional or, or absolute factual, right? And I think that is so important because once that I heard that and I made that, that, that shift in my mind, now everything that I consume is, let me go for the principles, right? What are the, yeah. the 10 or 12 principles about this topic that if I dominate and I learn, I will be in the 1% of the people that dominate this topic, right? And I think uh, that's what yeah, you're yeah. talking about right here. Yeah. 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 So like you want to have x-ray vision, like mm-hmm. that's what you want to do. Right. And so what anything you see and anything you consume is just the wrapping paper. Stop looking at the wrapping paper, like get to the meat of it, get to the present, like celebrate what's on the inside. Right. And so like I say this to clients all the time, I was like, you have to pay attention to what your customers are saying and not saying, mm-hmm. right. Cause everybody goes so far into like, Oh, but they said this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But let's pay attention to their actions. Right. Notice how your last six posts had 12 comments, 13 comments, 14 comments, and the last two have had zero. And they're going to be like, oh, I failed. I'm like, no, no, no. Look deeper. Mm. I was like, maybe what you posted about, they don't feel safe enough yet to comment on. Maybe it wasn't a commentable post. Maybe 
it wasn't supposed to get a comment, right? There's so many things that are deeper when you yeah. get into the deeper stuff, right? So we were talking a minute ago about like, how do you get better at story? How do you get better at production? How do you get better at doing it, right? You get better through practice. And okay. I found, and I'll only talk about myself, my biggest hangups or my biggest resistance and my quote unquote things that got in the way of my success were number one, being attached to what it looked like and number two, being attached to the outcome. And those two things are just guaranteed roadblocks mm. over and over and over again. Yeah. Because the moment you're creating to have a specific agenda, it becomes yeah. manipulative, right? And it loses the essence of what it was that was there. And then the moment you're attached to what it looks like, you're now changing the meat of it yeah. to try to manipulate and it doesn't work. And I was like, listen, just practice, just yeah. practice and yeah. practice and practice and practice. My friend Angie says it. she has a book coming out on this called Ready is a Lie, mm. right? Because there really is no ready. The, yeah. the ready is when you go. And, you know, I, I tell people like entrepreneurs, like this, this perfection game of like, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is how it looks. I was like, all you're doing is guaranteeing your failure. Like mm. how many of us today would knowingly go buy the first iPhone? None of us, mm. none of us. Yep. But the first iPhone is what allowed us to have this phone. Absolutely. Right? Like we look at it and we model these companies, but yet we don't model the journey. We tend to model the after state and get frustrated it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I was like, if you want to model a company, go to Wayback Machine and go look at the first version of their website. Go look yep. at the first product. Like, go look at the label, like Vital Proteins, for an example, right? Like, you look at them now. We got Jennifer Aniston doing commercials, billboards, run, you know, every cable network ever. But if you go all the way back yeah. to 2014 and 2015 and you take a peek, most of us that were involved would go like this and be like, that wasn't me. Don't look at it. Don't look <laughs> at it. Right. Like, and it's all a part of what gets you to where you're going, like that trial yeah. and error. But the process is where you actually learn. Yeah. where you actually learn what's going to make a difference. Yeah. You have to go back and look and then be willing to grow and iterate and adjust over and over and over again. And and really, you know, to be like really cheesy, like Mike Tyson says it best, like it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It's just you stand back up. When it comes yeah. to entrepreneurship, you should expect to know, like the founders of Robinhood got rejected by 82 investors, 82, mm. right? Like, and then now you look at it, like you start to go look at it and you're yep. like, this is not a game of perfection. It's a game of resiliency and consistency yeah. over and over and over again. But yep. here's what I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you that if you're sitting in the chair, planning and planning and planning, there's zero chance of success. Mm. But if you get out of the chair and start playing and playing and playing, there's a guaranteed path to success. Yeah. Right. And so you can't get better at a game you don't play. You can't become the best until you start, right? Like you can't become Tom Brady by watching football games on TV. Like turn the TV off and go get in the backyard, start throwing balls, start getting in shape, start doing all the things that you have to do. Yeah. And really it, it's, I, I don't know, like I I think deeper and, and I'm, I'm sharing this because it was a big thing for me. I think deeper a part of me thought that when I made it or if it looked right or if I had that big launch, it would create this safety net where I would feel better. Yeah. But the truth is, is that the only safety net we have is the one that we're committed to showing and playing every day, right? Mm -hmm. No business as built is going to get to the next level by staying at the same level. Your offer is not going to convert forever. Your ad is going to get fatigued in 30 to 60 days. Your emails are going to stop working because you're going to get a different avatar. Like what we have to fall in love with is that this is a game. 
Yeah, and we're all willingly playing it because you have two choices. You either play the game to win the game or you give up the game and go get a nine to five. And that's the only way that this game is quote unquote one is realizing that it is an infinite game. And it's one that you'll never finish. It's one that you have to fall in love playing over and over and over again in order to get there. Yeah. And, you know, to quote Alex again, he always says your business grows to the extent that you do. Right. And it's just that like the only way to grow is definitely not by sitting, just consuming the information, but by taking action. Yeah. So so here in I'm 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 assuming that you've experienced obviously the addiction of Clubhouse at some degree. Uh here's here's my personal story, right? Like with that, and I'm gonna close the loop after I tell the story, but when we first opened it, right? I opened it, didn't see it for like three weeks. It was December holidays, family was here, so I'm not even like gonna even see it. And then log in. That week was probably the most unproductive week I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> it was insane. And Friday, right? I'm I'm sharing this story with my wife. I'm like, wow, look at these amazing connections and all these people talking value here and blah blah blah. Right? I was just very excited the first week, uh, and I'm up there collaborating and people contacting us and blah blah blah. And then I'm like, oh sweet, the weekend I have Saturday and Sunday off. Right? Right? I'm going to be with Luca. We're going to be playing or I'm going to be when he's napping. I'm going to be something else in the house. I'm going to have my my earbuds on. I'm going to be doing that. And then Friday night or Saturday morning at 3 a.m. in the morning is when I went to bed because I was on Clubhouse. And then I woke up Saturday. I'm like, I am not touching this thing because I've been consuming too much. And it created this crazy noisy world in like in my head that disaligned me with what I was doing with execution, right? Because when we started with the show, it was, dude, let's focus on the show. Let's just have a blast. We're enjoying this process of interviewing amazing entrepreneurs and learning, helping other people that are coming and tagging along, right? And on top of that, we're also providing a service for the people that reach out to us, right? So that was the thing. Totally. That was, that's the focus. And, and, and we lost it. I personally lost it. When when I had when I went into that platform for that to happen, so then we started thinking, okay, how can we implement this? Like, can we actually implement it? Do we have the capacity to do it consistently over time? We don't have an answer yet for that question, right? We're being experimented with some things, but right now, mm-hmm. with the capacity that we have, it's probably not going to be possible, right? So it's also learning how to identify those things. But I relate so much because it created so much noise that mm-hmm. it was taking me away from focus and execution, which was the most important thing for or is the most important thing for us. So I just, especially now that we have all these people kind of flocking right to this platform <laughs> and it's like, hey, what's actually going to happen? You cannot stay up forever to 4 a.m. having conversations, right? It started to. My wife was like, what the heck? You're always on your phone, right? It came to an argument like this weekend, big one, right? It's like, I feel like you're always on your phone. It's like, and, and, and she's right, right? She's right. I, I couldn't say no to that. I'm like, yes, you're right. So I have to make some changes. And uh, and, it, and it's incredible, you know, that you put it into words and, and, and that kind of perspective because for the business, same thing, right? Once we focus on one thing on execution, over and over and over, you know, version one of content momentum is very different to the co- the version that we have today, right? And yeah. once we understood that, once I personally understood that because I feel like I'm more attached to the system side of things, right? It was like, oh, I'm in peace with myself because it doesn't have to be perfect, right? And then we share those improvements with the people that we help and they're like, oh man, that's cool. Yeah, let's implement it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's cool, right? And it's more value add to that relationship that we've been able to develop. Uh, but I personally had to understand it first uh, through the execution. I mean, I don't think I would have understand it differently if I if I wasn't executing. So is mm-hmm. is that how it happened to you or were you just born yeah, that I, way or like? 
I think the biggest thing to realize, like uh, here, here comes a new metaphor. It just popped into my head for you too. You ready for this one? Let's do it. So there are tools, right? Tools. Clubhouse is a tool. Facebook's a tool. Email marketing's a tool. Phone calls are a tool. Funnels are a tool. Ads are a tool, right? Mm-hmm. But when was the last time you ever saw a, a carpenter be building a house with a hammer and then go home and eat dinner and be like, God, I really, oh, I wonder what my hammer's doing. I wonder what my hammer is. I wonder if I could be using my hammer. To-. Like, no, he uses <laughs> yes. it as a tool. He does the job that he was intending to do and then he puts it down until he needs it again. And mm. that's what our job is to do is to recognize what tools we have at our disposal that we want in our tool bag that we feel comfortable using or that we're willing to use to accomplish building of a blueprint <clears throat> and so i watch clubhouse is clubhouse an effective tool yeah is it also an ineffective tool yeah it depends on how you get into it and why yeah. you're into it yeah <clears throat> excuse me and so when i look about it like clubhouse nailed it they built a platform harping on like all of the negative sides of human psychology you have fomo <laughs> You have addiction, you have dopamine, yeah. you have the illusion of connection, right? You're like, I can't end it because I'm going to miss it. I can't watch a replay. Like that thing is built on video game design. Like that's the level that they went to this thing to get there. Yeah. Invite only, you have limited invites, you get rewarded, you can be a moderator, you have a room. It's great, right? Are you going to go out of business if you don't use it? No. Are you going to go to business if you do use it? No. Are you going to go out of business? If you use it, yes, yes. Like it doesn't matter. It really depends (laughs) on how you use it. And so what's the most important thing to recognize is like, is the thing I'm doing right now actually getting me closer in a measurable way to what I want to build? Or Mm -hmm. am I distraction? Am I distracted in the illusion of I'm getting there by doing this? No, because you know, you go get on Clubhouse, you're not connecting with your team, you're not sleeping, you're not taking care of yourself. And the realized damage doesn't come for a week or two or three. And by that point, you're too late. And then you're fighting fires again. And so like when you think about it, Mike McCallowitz comes to mind with clockwork. Like there are only things in your business that you can do. And it's your job to do them. And so if you can look at something and be like, wow, you know, I have these tools in my bag. I'm building Mm -hmm. this house and I'm efficient. But if I add this one tool, I might be able to get it done more efficiently or faster. Or I have this new tool I want to learn how to do. I'm going to learn how to do it after I'm done with my job today. And you Mm -hmm. put a container in it and you do it intentionally, then it becomes a powerful tool for you. It becomes an asset, right? And so like I've used Clubhouse. I'm on it. I will not listen to a room just because I don't want to. I've popped into a few rooms, come in as a speaker. I've probably been on the app for a total of an hour over the course of a month. And I literally am like the king of Irish goodbyes. I'll come in and they'll make me a speaker. (laughs) And I literally will like drop a nugget. And I'm like, I won't even tell anybody. I just leave the room and I turn my phone off. (laughs) And it's funny because they're like, where'd you go? I want more. I'm like, go listen to the podcast. Like I did what I wanted to do. Like I did my drive-by. Like I'm the king of drive-bys on Clubhouse, (laughs) right? And so I just think no matter what it is, at the end of the day, you know, these are all games. Like none of us are really like creating a business that's never been created before. We're putting our spin on it and using it as our passion. And so when we think about it, you can utilize these tools any way that you want to, and they can become powerful or they can become a complete distraction. Like they can be an asset or a liability. And I think deeper than all of it, it's us having the self-awareness to realize like, Mm. Hey, You know, I know me watching four hours of YouTube content isn't going to get my emails written, right? Like, I know that me watching three and a half hours on this isn't going to help it. Like, oh, I know that new camera came out, but it's not really going to change the content of my live stream. 
Yeah. Right. And it, and we have to realize that we're the ones that are responsible for us to get here. We have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to coach ourselves. We have to have the ability and the self-awareness to be like, yeah, like I know. And there's times, listen, I'm like, Hey, my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like distracting myself because I don't feel like working. So I'm going to watch YouTube videos for the next two hours. And she's like, okay, have fun. Right. And I'll go, go dive down freestyle rap or whatever, but I'm not mm. pretending I'm working. Yeah, like I'm yeah, not like, yeah. Oh, I'm learning. No, I'm completely disconnecting. I'm numbing my brain. I need a minute. Like I just <laughs> yeah. have to go watch this freestyle rap right now. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it's really a simple game. Like if you go to lean six segments, the SIPOC model really, but business is a collection of inputs that's put into a process to create an output. And so when we think about it, if we know that the output we're getting is what we want, then we're good, right? If it's not, then we can only look at the process or the inputs, mm. right? If we're not getting something we want, like, was well, the process off? No. Well, the inputs, oh, that's missing something, right? But it's really that measurable and it's really yeah. that clear. Like, if I want to write a daily email and I don't get an email, I'm not like, oh, the email gods are broken or it magically didn't write itself. It's like, <laughs> no, I didn't write the email. I didn't plan accordingly. I didn't give my team time to edit it. I yeah. didn't get it uploaded there. You know what I mean? And it's, it's that level of awareness that if we're just willing to have the conversation and mm-hmm. we're willing to look at it, not from a place of bad or wrong, like I read a daily email and I was like, hey, I'm not writing for four days. And they're like, well, you said it was daily. I'm like, well, send an apology. email." I was like, hey, guys, I don't feel like writing for four days. Here we go. And <laughs> I just owned it and owned it and owned it. And I wasn't like, oh, how am I going to fix this in the future? I'm like, no, like I just yeah. needed a break. Yep. That's all it was. Right. And and I think it's the practice and 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 the the lesson in this one for me is space. Yeah. Keith Cunningham calls it thinking time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we look at our job, we look at the game and we live in this world and the entrepreneur there's this broken paradigm in entrepreneur the hustle paradigm that somehow if you do more you're going to get better, right? But then you go study Olympic athletes. You go study the best in the world and you realize that their secret to success is temperance, not intensity. Right. And it's like, oh, you think you're going to be a better football player by playing six games in a day? Like, do you realize what happens after they do double headers? Right. There's a reason they only play one game a month. There's yeah. a re- or one game a week. There's a reason when Olympic coaches are coaching Olympians for four years, they're only training to 70 percent, 70 percent. Then they peak for a week and come back down. Yeah. Right. Entrepreneurship is no different. You don't get better by adding more. You get better by reflecting and having a recovery period and having temperance. And so when we think about all of these things, you have to build in this time to reflect. You have to have this space to be like, wow, how did I play today? Right? Like you looked at it and your wife smacked you in the face and you're like, (laughs) yep, that was not a winning game. And you had to take a minute and be like, wow, what worked? What didn't work? What am I going to do differently? Yeah. And when you can really be in that game fast and make adjustments and pivot and iterate and iterate and iterate, what you end up with is a solution you never thought was possible with a result you never thought was possible because you just kept playing and playing and playing. And I think that that's the tone of tone of all of this. And, and I just don't personally like the hustle. Like, I really don't think you get there by force. Like, no, you break yourself. You get adrenal fatigue. You get exhausted. You start to resent your company. Your customers feel it. Your team yeah. feels it. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm this multimillionaire and I'm completely depressed and unhappy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like there's no point in doing this. None. Mm. If you're not going to enjoy it, if you think that this is who you are, business is not your identity. Business is a tool Mm. that allows you to leverage it to create your identity in the world. Right. Like 
it's a tool to create your impact. It's a tool to leave a legacy for your kids. It's a tool to have something that you can do because you're unemployable like me, right? But it's not who you are. It's just something that you're doing. And I, I don't know, that that would be what I would I would leave people with on that one. Wow, that's amazing. You know, George, right before you mentioned the self-awareness part, I wanted to tell you, I'm like, I, I, I just feel that you're so self-aware and we talked about this in the last episode that you told us that you have this morning routine and you take a mm -hmm. lot of time for yourself and to think and reflect on things but i also write you know the level of discipline that someone needs to have mm -hmm. and i think most importantly be honest with themselves because i relate to what you said about youtube right it's like hey no i'm gonna say i want to watch youtube videos right now and i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna do it like let's be real everybody loves searching some youtube videos that they love and start go going down the <laughs> rabbit hole but i think it's so difficult for people to accept that and be honest with themselves yeah i've been there i've been where i am sitting down trying to get some work done and i had the tab of a video of youtube that i wanted to watch that i haven't watched yet and i'm like I'm just going to go real quick and watch it. Uh, meanwhile, the timer on the task that I'm doing, and I'm doing air quotes right here for those that are listening, still running. So I'm like, oh, you know, the time says I was doing this work, but in reality, I was just watching yep. YouTube videos. So, you know, that, that honesty with yourself, I think is so important because in a way, you know, I think that will, that will lead to to not, not regretting things because then exactly. you go on you don't get the results because you're not putting the work yeah. that that you're doing or you're lying to yourself right and you're like oh wow i feel bad and and I, that's another rabbit hole you start going down that way so it is it's so important for people to be self-aware mm -hmm. and honest with themselves and then hold themselves uh, uh put some discipline in your life whether yeah. that is like hey i want to watch youtube videos okay i'm gonna put in the calendar in this time i'm gonna watch 30 minutes of youtube videos and then enjoy it you know instead well, of doing it I, with regrets I, I i just before we go i gotta say this because yes discipline but also surrender because it's never gonna look like you think it is ever Right. Like you can have the perfect plan to go into a fight. Mm. And then the moment it goes off, you can't be like, oh, I quit the fight. No, you have to make an adjustment. Right. Yeah, like yeah. you can have the perfect plan for the road trip. Then you get a flat tire and you're like, oh, I got to make an adjustment. And so you nailed it. Right. And it's like it's not this level of like hard discipline or whatever. It's the game of practice. And my wife will tell you, she said this to me to my face like a week ago. She's like, you're not as selfish as you think you are. And I was like, mm. I know. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I was like, because I pretend to be self-aware sometimes when I'm finding awareness, yeah. right? Like I, and, and it was amazing. And then she's like, and you're not as grounded as you think you are sometimes. And I love that. Like, yeah, I yeah. really, really love that because there's times that like my own dissonance will be like, I'm like the Messiah. And she's <laughs> like, you're being a butthead. And I'm like, oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going <laughs> to go for a run. Right. Yeah. And And I, I think that that's what's so imperative about all of this. Like at the end of the day, we literally have ourselves and we just have to make sure that we're doing what feels the best to us. But, you know, I fell into this trap as an entrepreneur where I defined my entire value on what I said I could do. Right. And so I break stuff or distract myself to create pressure. So I'm like, look, I have to do what I have to do. And it was like this cycle that was like over and over and over and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. It's like not a badge of honor to hustle more. Like, hey, if I can do what I need to do in an hour, why would I take eight? Yes. Why can't I just do it in one and just be done? And 
you know, this is a conversation I've been having. Like I just road tripped across the country. We spent four days in the car, covered a couple thousand miles. And it, it was really interesting to watch my habits, right? I realized that every time I had a thought that I didn't like, I reached for my phone. Right. And then mm. I realized like we were sitting in a hotel wow. waiting for the valet and I couldn't sit there like I'd be fine. But then in a moment's notice, I'd like find myself grab my phone and I'm like, wow, like and I don't wow. have any apps on my phone that can really distract me. Like I don't have my social media logins. My team has them and all of it. Like yeah. I have like audible to go to or things like that. But it was even just the habit of it. And it's like, God, where else? Do I not get to fully grow or finish the game or experience the growth or whatever yeah. I was supposed to in that moment because I distract myself from it? Wow. Right. And so I think more so than the intensity of like this morning practice, it's like give yourself the time to just be in whatever you're going to be in. And, and my business partner, Stefano, says this the best because we do men's groups together, men's work and men's coaching. <clears throat> And like, I remember I was like in breakdown one day, like in breakdown, like I was in tears, like my life is over. Like, mm. I don't know what I'm going to do today. And I was like, what do I do? And he's like, sit with it longer. And I was like, you a-hole. I love you. <laughs> cool. Right? Because my brain was, how can I avoid it? How can I avoid it? How can I go around yeah. it? Versus like, hey, what is this? Yeah. Why is this coming up and how can I process it, right? And like, yeah. I just moved to Montana, so I have to use the story of the buffalo, but they're the <laughs> only animal, they're the only animal that when a storm is coming, they torn, turn and head towards it because it's the fastest path through. Cows lay down, other animals flee, bison walk straight into the storm because it's the fastest path through. Wow. And wow. it's a really powerful analogy to think about it, but it's like, hey, our emails aren't working. Cool. Well, I can put it off as long as I want, but stinky fish do not get better with time. Let's go. Let's fix it, right? Or hey, my schedule isn't ideal. Then great. Stop the schedule. Hey, I need to do this. Great. Then do it. And then be willing to play the game and be honest with yourself because, you know, what, what I think is so important, and I'll tie this into the success of your business you being in alignment and self aware and self forgiving and really, really, kind of surrendered but flexible with yourself is what creates you in the best place to love your customers, to translate that message to your customers, to lead your team, right? Like yeah. when was the last time you worked for somebody? You're like, God, it was so nice that he's so stuck up, disconnected and cold every time we had a meeting. And now I want to go <laughs> love our customers. Like, no, That's right? Happen. Yeah. And like, when was the last time we've ever been like, ah, I hate my life. I don't like this business. Let me write this ad copy that's going to convert and it works right? Like it never, ever works. Yeah. And so like to tie this back to episode one <laughs> of the original one is that at the end of the day, the most important relationship that you have in the success of you as an entrepreneur, as a human being is the one with yourself. Yeah. It's the one with yourself and you have it with yourself, which then allows you to have it with people like us, right? Because I see you two and I don't see you as where you are. I see you at your potential, Right. And I'll hold you there just like you do for me. Like you'd never let me come on here and be like, oh yeah, you know, do seven upsells. You'd be like, are you okay? Did somebody drug you? <laughs> Did they like pay you off? Like, are you being bribed? Cause you hold me at my potential, not where I might be in that moment. Like mm. I might fumble, but you're like, oh, he should never be the quarterback again. You're like, no, mm. he fumbled, pick it up and go again. Right. And so it's really, yeah. really important to do this practice because it affects everything, like yeah. everything. 
And so that's, that's, yeah, I had to interrupt you for that one. No, no. Uh, I, oh, man. Yeah. I, I love it. Like we always say, our mind is blown, George. And, you know, I'm, I'm well aware that we're coming up in the hour here. We're going to have to bring you back. <laughs> the, the headline says so, everything about the customer journey. And I know some of these th things do apply, right? But I don't, I, don't, I don't know if we actually went that, that deep. Right uh, uh, about customer well, journey. We, we, well, I, I I have a couple minutes. So you don't have to end it right. Like, give me a minute. But like, let me tie it together. Let yeah. me tie it together to All the right. customer journey because. But, but wait, wait, George, 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 one, one second, one second. Yeah. Be, before we go there, I I want to put this out there too. I would love to have a conversation with you one day as well on uh, creativity, right? P <laughs> PKM, personal knowledge management. Because I I am well yeah. aware you are into that world too. And I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with it as well. I I know about yeah. Second Brain, Tiago Forte, yep. and I would love to have a conversation about that as Dude, well. George, I would love to. I'm still I'm still learning. Yeah, it, it's fine. We can learn together. That's that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So or we, we can got, bring somebody. No, we can bring ahead. we can bring a third guest that you feel like it could teach us, and then we'll do a live show all three, and, and then we'll do that. Oh uh, yeah, I know plenty of them. I'm right. just going to call Nir Ayala again and be like, Nir, come teach us, since he invested in Rome Research, and he was just on the podcast. Boom. There all we right, go. There we go. All right, then, huh. then we have our, you know, our fourth show schedule. Yeah. We, we need to do this like once a month or something. <laughs> but I want to I make a comment here, George, because, yeah, I mean, you're speaking to me right now, yeah. like, and I'm going to be fully transparent here with what's happening, you know, in, in our business, right? Even though we're we're getting a lot of traction, we're, you know, working on systems with with on the back end to acquire customers, like more predictably, right? But at the same time, mm -hmm. that's adding some processes and work on, obviously on our end, right? And my capacity is obviously limited. So what's happening like through December and the beginning of part of January is that I personally felt that we've had a ton of stuff to do, right? And it's like, okay, we're reassessing, right? And this This weekend, I broke, man. I broke at my house. Like, we had this guest, uh, which is our cousin, and, you know, we're trying to figure out what to do. I mean, everybody kept asking me what to do, what to do, what to do. I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I'm decision fatigued, you know? And my, my wife doesn't think that's mm -hmm. a thing, right? And then because she she tells me every time that that's not a thing, it bothers me a ton because I, I, I internally feel like that's the thing. But then I literally legit just exploded when the dogs were fighting out in the yard. Like, it was not a pretty scene, you know? Uh, I, I just had to go to my room, close the door and just be in silence legit for an hour and just breathe, be in the moment. Like you say, I literally just remember, uh, you know, your episode when you say just like take a moment to breathe and just like look mm -hmm. at your hand. Just say that. Thank you. That, that we have a freaking hand. Right. And then, you know, my wife came in and we had a really good, good talk. Uh, but it was that it was like the pressure that was built up. And then I look mm -hmm. back. Right. And, and some of the things that, that I talked to her about. And that I talk with Fonzie about every single day. It's like, yeah, why don't we get it freaking done? That, that's the thing, right? And it's like, and today, this is a, I, I taught my brother this morning. I heard, I listened to your episode and I told him, this is the thing I needed to hear. Now this conversation happens this afternoon. This is the thing I needed to hear today. And it's about that awareness, right? It's like, Hey, why, where am I spending my time in? Right. For example, like she's like, man, you've been getting home at like seven, seven thirty, Right. And, and we're, we're executing. Right. And it's like, you're not hanging out with Luca at night. Right. And I'm in my head. Right. It's like, man, I, I have to make this happen. So then later, and then she was like, but what about now? Like you're missing that. Mm -hmm. Right. So the conversation, and I kind of teased it in a call that we had earlier with Fonzie, but I'm like, the conversation is like, obviously the shows are a little bit later. We have to move the shows earlier. 
at noon. Mm -hmm. There's no mm -hmm. negotiable. Let's do this at one. We're gonna make. We're gonna have to make it happen. I'm gonna have to go to bed mm -hmm. early. I'm gonna have to wake up at four, three in the morning. I don't care. You know, I'll get it done mm -hmm. early in the morning, and then I'm here in the afternoon to have family time and have dinner together and stuff like that, right? But he, it took me to that breaking point to to realize that, right? And 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 mm -hmm. I've I've noticed that personally in my life that I've pushed, pushed, pushed capacity to a point where I break big time. Mm -hmm. And yes, it was not pretty, right? And and then I realized that. So from now on, I'm making a commitment here publicly. Thank you, Facebook, for here, being here with us. Fonzie, I think this is the first time he listens to this. Yeah. Thank you, you, Brian. That I'm not going to let it go that way anymore. Mm -hmm. So selfish question. What are some things that I can do regularly to make sure that I continue on that path and build my habits? I do not break the way that I broke this weekend. Yeah, no, it's oh, such a good, you and I are in the same boat as are probably most people. And the difference is being in this boat versus the other boat, just acknowledging it, right? So the first thing is, is that you, so here's the thing. If I call you a purple dinosaur, does it bother you? No. No, because it's not true. <laughs> or, but I'm or like, no, hey, you're I, not I spending enough time. But if I'm like, hey, you're not spending enough time with your son starts to tingle in your belly a little bit, right? Everywhere. Just a little bit. Everywhere, right? Yeah. And so we have to remember that if it's causing any response or reaction in our body, no matter where it's coming from, it's true, mm. which means the only person responsible for mitigating it is us, right? And so what we tend to do, and I'm going to say this, we're men. Men like to fix things. So if we're disconnected from what we're doing, we'll break things to then fix it again. So then be like, see, I did it. Look, I fixed it. Look, it was hard again. It was boom right? That's mm. kind of like how we're wired. And so you have to be aware of it. So the first thing is number one, you have to have a practice of releasing, right? Like you have to leave the office in the office. You can't keep stuffing and stuffing and stuffing and then expect it not to break. You got to get it out, but yeah. you got to get it out with you and not get it out with the people around you. Right. And so a writing practice, like uh, one of my favorite things to do is when I'm really, really stuck is I record an audio note to myself. Like to myself. And I'm like, oh man, I'm just so, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then when I end it, I'll try to listen to it. Mm -hmm. I've never been able to make it through like 20 seconds without bothering myself. And I'm like, God, I wouldn't want anybody else to listen to this either. Mm -hmm. And then I'm literally like gone. Like it's gone. It's out. It's processed. It's there because I think about all the stuff I've carried home. Like I'll have a bad day. Like today, like right now, I'm like, if I had to grade myself on this interview, I'd give myself a 5.2 out of 10. Right. I'm like, oh, I missed that. I had that. And I'm like, but at the same time, I give myself a 10 out of 10 because that was my authentic performance. But there's two sides of me. There's the Jekyll and the Hyde. Right. Mm -hmm. Part of me wants to go home and my wife be like, hey, how was it? And I want attention. So I'm like, oh, it wasn't that great, babe. Like, tell me how awesome I am. Like, I can do it differently mm -hmm. because I'd be craving attention. The other side, I'm like, hey, it was awesome. Let's spend time as a family. Yep. That's the, I've done the work. I'm building something different. And it really just comes down to the practice. And so I think one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest problems my that I encountered that's so aligned to what you're saying is that I try to outthink the shitty thinking. And I leave it up there and expect there to be a solution. Mm. And the moment you get it from out of your head into existence, the charge is gone. Write it down. Speak it out. My favorite thing to do is video, right? And so you've seen this. So yeah. I was emotional on the move and I couldn't get it out. That's the only reason I did the video. 
Because mm. if I can't process it on myself, I'm like, I need accountability deeper. Let me go live. And I started like crying. And really, why did I do the video? I was petrified yeah. to leave. Yeah. I was super resentful. I was literally living in scarcity of like, what am I going to do for the next seven days? How am I going to get my kids across the road trip in a car that's not fun to drive with a horse trailer behind it in four cities in four days? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I was like, that's not going to create something positive. So I was like, I got to get it out. So I did. I just got it out. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm afraid of. This is what's coming up for me. And then the moment I was out, it was like the best road trip ever. And so you got to mm -hmm. get it out. You got to figure out a way to get it out and get it out and get it out and get it out. And you also have to create containers to where you can only succeed, right? It's called Parkinson's law. You will fill the container you create. If you allow yourself to be in the office till seven, you'll fill it. But if you also allow yourself to be in the office till two, you'll get the same amount, if not more done because you filled that tighter container. Yeah. And so you have to start creating these containers and then allowing yourself to be in one fully. And then when you leave it, leave it. Like if your workday is ending at five, then you need to stop at 4.30 and get out everything that needs to stay in work. Mm -hmm. Like it needs to stay on your desk. Like, so for me, I have a notepad when I'm done for the day and I write down tan, like what's keeping my mental state, like checked out. Like, what am I worried about? Yeah. Oh, I can't forget this. Oh, I'm not going to do this. And I just write it down. So I give it a home and then I can pick it up the next day. And wow. so you're doing it right now. You're talking about it. You're fully feeling it and you're not making it wrong. And the thing that I would just remind you of is that like your wife is your best tool as in all of us, your business partners, your team. And so try to be in this place of curiosity of like, they're like, decision fatigue doesn't exist. You're like, yes, it does. And like, but why are you holding on to that so tight? Why are you yeah. labeling it so hard instead of you realizing like, who cares what it's called? I just don't feel good. Maybe this is the path to feeling better. Maybe this is what I have to process. This is what I have to do. So that's what I would highly, highly recommend. Um, and, and when we think about this, you know, you said it. I just don't believe in this hustle culture. And I'm the same person as you. I will distract myself with work mm -hmm. because I'm afraid to be with my family. I'm afraid to be present because if I'm present, I have to feel. And if I have to feel, there's parts of me that haven't healed yet. Mm. And then I get to feel those parts. And I get to have a four-year-old as I reparent myself when I was abused at that age. And I have to have a I get to have a wife who gives me feedback that like some of the things I did today weren't ideal. And then I get to hear those things and be like, God, that doesn't mean I'm a bad man or a bad husband or a bad father. It's information for me to play a better game. And so there's been plenty of times where I'm like, I'm working. I'm working, or I'll pad a flight for six hours so I just have a couple more minutes alone. Instead of coming home and be like, honey, I missed you, I really need six hours to decompress. And she'd be like, yeah, babe, I got you. Thank you for sharing with me. Yeah. Right? So it's just this game of practice over and over sure. and over. And the way that I look at it is I believe that anybody's in my life is there to be my teammate. And I've never had a teammate who's knowingly self-sabotaging us winning the game together. And so I have to practice being like my 15 year old daughter's my teammate. My four year old son's my teammate. My wife is my teammate. She's not giving me that feedback because she wants to leave. She's giving me that feedback because she wants to stay. Yeah. And she's like, Hey, this is how we can play the game better. And I'm like, God, I got to remind myself to play the game. And if I can't hear it, I have to go create space for myself to hear it and process it, to come back and be like, I'm ready to play the game. I'm ready to play the game. Mm. And it's just practice over yeah. and over and over again. Wow. Thank you. Wow. That, 
What a beautiful message, George. Really, thank you so much, Lehenia. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing. I didn't know you were feeling that way, so I really appreciate yeah, you sharing I, that here. Yeah, and you know, I'm getting teared up right now. Is because because of that, dude. Like the last, you know, it's 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 moving. Yeah, it has been it has been intense like, in this like journey, I'm, right? I'll share like you you shared. I'm gonna cut you off to share. Like I'm living in Montana, and we can't buy a home because I have two properties in California. But I lost so much money in 2020. Mm. I lost so much money. I won't be able to buy a home for two years. Wow. No matter the fact that I'm a multimillionaire because mm. I can't get a loan. Of course, I could pay cash, but that's not really effective. So then mm. I'm living my family in four or five Airbnbs over the course of like four months. And I had to come to the realization that stability isn't in a home that I buy. It's in who I am. Mm. It's how I show up that creates the stability for my wife my daughter and my son and myself because I felt out of control not working. And I was like, wow, look at all the codependency I still have to my business. Look how I can't be off the business for seven days and then be like, oh, it's all working. And it all worked. My team was like, thank God you're not here. Things are going great, right? But I'm like, oh, they need me. Like, I'm, And they're like, everything's good, right? And so it's all this opportunity to practice. And I'm really emotional. I feel so out of control because I'm like literally – My first day in Montana was the day we drove over the border. I'd never been to this state. I'd never been to this town. Like I was fully yeah. surrendered, but I made a commitment to myself that in this next couple of years, my commitment was to be unattached to anything except who I was Yeah. and just practice it and practice it and practice it. But yeah, man, like I get petrified, petrified. And then I get emotional and then I have to realize that it's mine. Yeah. And if I yeah. can process it, then I can come to the table in this objective place of like, hey, babe, I realize this is what's been coming up for me. Like, hey, team, I realize this is what's been coming up for me from this place of let's work on it together. Let's solve it instead of like, oh, sales aren't coming in. How are we going to get those videos done? We need a new process. No, 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 no. Like break check <laughs> and just breathe and breathe and breathe. And I, I look at it all and and I think it's just really This gets into the important conversation that I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs have, that it doesn't matter the level that you get to. Like I have a friend who did $600 million in 12 months, $600 million in revenue in 12 months. Wow. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, I missed when I was only doing a million a year. Hmm. He's like, it almost broke him. He was more depressed and stressed than he'd ever done. And he's like, I literally lost my life. I lost my identity because I was pulled everywhere and had to work and work and work to get it back. Yeah. Right. And it's like, we just get to play this game and practice and practice and practice and practice. And really it's the art of loving ourselves and self-acceptance and self-sovereignty and self-enlightenment, self-awareness. And then, you know, yeah. I, I look at it, I talk about it a lot. Let me be really crystal clear for everybody. I do not have this figured out. I am just as much a student as everybody else. Yeah. I actually grow through talking. Yeah. yeah. I coach myself through the questions that you ask me. And then I will reflect when we're done. And I'm like, oh man, That's what I get to focus on this week. Like, that's how I get to be. Like, I'm only sharing things that are still present and still actively not, quote unquote, ideal or smooth in my life. Like this morning, I literally started crying to my wife before I started working because I was like, I feel out of control. I don't know here. But I didn't come like, oh, it's all I need. I'm like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I just want to share it with you. I don't need anything from you. And she's like, babe, you got this. Like, go, go, go. Right. And it's yeah. just this practice and practice and practice. And so 
that's what comes up for me a lot of this is that this conversation is the conversation that informs everything. Yeah, dude. how you lead your team, yeah. how you run your business, how you make decisions with your time. Mm. Like, and, and I imagine, like, you know, you go to compete and you want to be an Olympic gold medalist and you win silver. I'm assuming that you don't feel good for a couple of weeks after you poured 16 years of your life in for that one performance, right? Mm. Yeah. But then you have a really easy decision to make. Am I coming back or am I not? Yeah. And then when you make the decision to come back, you're like, I'm going to practice, I'm going to practice, I'm going to practice, I'm going to play my game and I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to look at what worked, what didn't work, and what am I going to do differently, which, by the way, is what informs every customer journey. Yeah. Everything that you do is by you just having the ability to look at it and be like, hey, how can I play this game for my customers? And then what game do my customers need played for them to achieve their goals? And it's having patience. I'll email them here. I'll send this one here. I'll do this one here. And I will tell you that 99% of the customer journey is in the intent, not the content. Mm-hmm. it's just in the intention of it, right? Like I can tell you that if you realize that for the two of you to have tighter containers and me realizing you needed a habit change that I would need 30 days with you of an email a day that you would read every day, not on the weekends, which is why I kick you off my email list. Hey, hey I'm then, still in there. I'm still in there. <laughs> as long as long as I plan that intentionally, I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is what would have to happen on day one and on day two and on day three. Yep. What goes in those emails is less important than what went into designing them, right? Because it's not necessarily the content. It's just the consistency and the touch point. And so all of it comes in, but it also requires me to be like, how can I really serve them? How can I help them? What do I have? What do I know that can create this field for them or this path to get to the field? And that's really what goes into it. Like the secret to the most successful customer journeys is self-awareness and empathy because you have to know yourself in order to know your customer and you have to know your customer in order to design a journey that's going to get them to where they want to go and they don't realize or they don't have the path to get there yet. Mm. And that's really the game. It's really the game. Closing the loop. Do it. Uh, I had to. I had to. Go, I had to go oh, all the way around. This is so beautiful. Me so yeah. amazing, dude. George, again, I thank you. Like I did not expect the conversation to go this way. I'm grateful that it did. I had to get it out of my chest with you, with Fonzie, publicly, uh, as it was this weekend. You know, with my wife. I thank you, Katie, for you know that experience and moving forward, man. I'm taking like I took. This is one of those episodes that I'm going to, you know, keep close to me and, yeah. and re-listen, you know, and, and apply and execute and give the containers and writing it down. Last night, I'm like, I told Katie, I'm like, I need a space to 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 get it out, right? I, I think I recognized it, right? I've I've heard it there, but I never practiced it. I'm like, I need I need to start the journal. I need to do this and, then you know, with the tools that, that I have available. So, dude, thank you. And then, obviously, at the end, the, the masterpiece on how you close the loop with the, with the initial conversation. All this applies, And uh, we're thankful for you to be here in the show. Thank you, Fonzie, yeah. Uh, yeah, for I'm, the awesome questions. I'm like speechless <laughs> right now, honestly, George. Yeah, it's amazing. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you for I love the And I appreciate the vulnerability as well. You know, yeah. like uh, my brother here was extremely vulnerable. I, I, I appreciate you being extremely vulnerable and authentic. You know, that's how you show up mm-hmm. literally everywhere. Like, and now when I read your emails, I read them with your voice in, in my head. So it's, like, it's a lot of fun, too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're, yeah, we're just extremely thankful, George. Yeah, guys, if you're no, listening, you guys, thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, immensely, absolutely. immensely, thank you. Um, and thank you for letting me share, and thank you for 
being open. Like, Absolutely. I think the, the, the one thing I would leave everybody is that it doesn't matter how you feel. You can be scared. You can be happy. You can be afraid. You can be excited and you're not alone. Yeah. Like we're supposed to experience the emotions. We're supposed to have the modulation. We're supposed to yeah. emote. And yeah. you can do it with people that are around you that see you and you realize how you can do it and how it's a tool for your benefit. It's the best way to play the game. And this was a really good reminder. I have a some reflection time coming today. I'm going to go for a barefoot walk in the snow because that's how I do my cold therapy now that I'm surrounded by it. Mm. And I'm going to really like think about this because this was yeah. this was this is what I got to say because it's what I needed to hear come out of my own mouth. Wow. Awesome. Dude, ah, yeah. so good. I'm so pumped for, for everything that's coming. And if you're listening, if you enjoy this episode, let us know. Let George know. How can they connect with you, George? How can they let you know that they really enjoyed this episode? Yeah, yeah. The best place to connect is just listen to the podcast at the Mind of George Show. So the website's www.mindofgeorge.com. Um, I bear it all, all the time. And if you want to connect with me, uh, best place would be our Facebook group or Instagram, but it's all linked on the website. Just go to mindofgeorge.com. Start with a podcast. Uh, I want you in my world if you want to be in my world. And if you like my level of crazy, then you are more than welcome to take part in it. Yes. I, I encourage people yes. to take part in it because it's an amazing world, honestly. Yeah. Thank well, you, guys. All right, guys, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at BizBrosco. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am sure you did because George <laughs> is incredible, yeah. please don't forget to share it and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>